This is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? I want to speak to you for just a few moments today on the subject, How Precious Is This Book Divine? There are many books, but there's only one supremely great one. It has stood the scrutiny of 2,000 years plus. During the times of war, it has gone by the millions into the trenches and foxholes. Decrees have gone out to destroy all copies of it, but the onward march with its power has not ever been checked. It has wrought itself into the life of literature and art and music. The foundations of our government are laid in its principles. The central figure of this book is the ideal of character, the prophet of the ages and the savior of mankind. I speak without hesitation today or reservation of the Bible, God's Holy Scripture. The King James Bible altered the course of English history as England grew to a world power after the Bible's publication. When asked by a visiting dignitary what made England great, Queen Victoria was reported to refer to a copy of the Bible and declare this is the secret of England's greatness. Sir Winston Churchill stated, Let the men of science and learning expand their knowledge and probe with their researchers every detail of the records which have been preserved to us from these dim ages. All they will do is to fortify the grand simplicity and essential accuracy of the recorded truths which have lighted so far the pilgrimage of man. In the words of a forgotten work of Mr. Gladstone, he stated, we rest with assurance upon the impregnable rock of the Holy Scripture. This same William Gladstone also was British Prime Minister from 1809 to 1989 and stated this, I have known 95 of the world's greatest men, and of these 87 were followers of the Bible. Daniel Webster recorded education is useless without the Bible. George Washington wrote, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Horace Greeley, famous 18th century newspaper editor, stated, It is impossible to mentally or socially enslave a Bible-reading people. We cannot, due to time and space today, record from the annals of history all those noted and famous individuals who were avid Bible believers. Some would have you believe that the great minds of the world are arrayed against the Bible. In the past as well as the present, this is factually incorrect. Men and women of notoriety from every spectrum of society have held the Bible precious to their lives. Then there are the countless numbers of us who are the common, the ordinary, the unnoticed masses who read and heed the precept of God's word daily. The atheist Voltaire said, Oh, they tell us that twelve ignorant fishermen established Christianity. But I will present to the world the scepter of how one brilliant man can overthrow it. He boasted that he'd go through the forest of Revelation and cut down every tree. It is recorded that the last words of Voltaire were, O oh Christ, O oh Lord Jesus, I must die abandoned of God and of man. I read that in December of 1933, all his works sold at auction for 11 cents. 
His plight was shared with the agnostic lawyer Clarence Darrow and Edward Gibbon, the infidel historian, and all others who have rejected the Bible through the ages. The statement, there are no atheists in foxholes, holds true today. I have my mother's Bible in my home study. It contains the births and the deaths and the marriages of my parents and grandparents and siblings. I can still see in my mind's eye my mother sitting for hours reading that Bible. I have yet to meet the man or woman who was not made better because of that book. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its history is true. Its decisions are immutable. We should all read it to be wise and believe it to be safe and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct us and food to support us and comfort to cheer us. It is the traveler's map. It is the pilgrim's staff. It's the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill our memories. It should rule our hearts. It should guide our feet. We should read it slowly and frequently and prayerfully. It is given to us in life, and we be opened at the judgment and will be remembered forever. It involves the highest response and rewards the greatest labors and condemns all who trifle with its holiest precepts. It tells us of grace and mercy for the believer and justice and wrath for all who reject it. The Bible is immeasurable in its influence. Missionaries carried in the pagan darkness and civilizations are changed for the better. I have yet to see a school or hospital or church built in dedication to atheism, but the Bible's influence has erected institutions of help and betterment wherever it is sown. The Bible is infallible in its accuracy and authority. History, philosophy, and all the sciences gradually catch up to its wisdom. It is inspired in totality down to the letter and portion of that letter. It was written over the course of 1,500 years by approximately 45 human authors, most which never met one another, in two basic languages with one major theme. It is a miracle of diversity, in unity, and of harmony, in inf infinite complexity. Any rational being can understand it must have been inspired and preserved by God. It claims of itself to be inspired by God throughout its pages. External evidences prove its inspiration. Each shovel of ancient ruins unearthed by archaeologists only lend credence to its claims. Fulfilled prophecies are unexplainably except unexplainable except by the writings of an omniscient God. All of its enemies have not torn one hole in its holy vesture, nor diluted one drop of honey from its hive, nor shortened its march of triumph by one step or weakened its life by one pulse beat. The excuse not to read the Bible, and I've heard it for years, is that it is complex and difficult to understand. But just the opposite is true. A believer, when, when following simple rules that apply to any type of literature, will have little or no difficulty understanding exactly what God is saying in the Bible. Granted, the Bible's spiritual applications are closed to unbelievers. Simply put, the principle of divine illumination is that any believer who will ask the author of the Bible to be his personal teacher 
will experience astonishing insight into God's Word. No verse should be interpreted in isolation from its context. Both the immediate and larger context is always a starting point. Cults and false religions and Bible critics always cherry-pick a verse and remove it from its context and then build a doctrine around their preconceived ideas. Difficult and apparently uh, uh, ambiguous verses should always be understood in the clear light of the many verses that are clear on any subject. The historical situation and the original language can help give you a true picture. In short, we know and understand and can often quote much more of the Bible than we practice. Implementing the Bible in everyday life situation is a game changer and will start the reader on the road of wisdom. The poet put it like this, How precious is this book divine, by inspiration given. Bright as a lamp its doctrine shine, to guide our souls to heaven. The Bible is designed to be implemented by applying it to a daily life. The providences of life, when mixed in the crucible of biblical principles, will reveal God's will on any subject and in any circumstance. Intellectual prowess can be gained through diligent study, but true wisdom is only achieved from the book of books. Any claim to knowledge that runs contrary to its truth should be discounted and dismissed. After a half century of reading and teaching and preaching, I stand in amazement at its depth, its authority, and its accuracy. How precious is this book divine by inspiration given. Oh, this has been Jack Scallions. I want to thank you for taking a few moments today and listening from my heart to yours. <laughs>